You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Matt Perino here, being joined in a moment by Ryan Talbot, and you're getting an audio-only emergency Bills pod, uh, shout podcast, uh, with obviously the big news from today, just two days before the Bills travel to New England to play a very important game against the Patriots, uh, AFC East, um, altering game for this season, and we are going to react to some of those new, some of the news from today and how it impacts the game, our picks. Uh, Ryan Talbot, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well, Matt. Merry Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve everyone who's uh, checking in here today. But, yeah, some uh, big news out of one Bill's drive here with the game on the horizon, a big game on the horizon at that. And, you know, whether you're celebrating at home or away this weekend, make sure you hit up our, our sponsor, Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more. Uh, they got you covered for football, uh, entertaining, uh, any occasion. Head over to Tops this weekend. Get yourself all set up. All right. I, I guess let's start with the most, I think, uh, troubling uh, news of the day, and that is Gabriel Davis, wide receiver, two all of a sudden for the Bills, going on the COVID list. Adam Schefter reporting that he is unvaccinated, and which means that he has no chance to come back on Sunday. Had he been vaccinated, there was at least an outside chance that he can have a negative test on Sunday and, and be able to play Shavarius Ward in Kansas City returned after three days uh, this week with a similar situation. And, you know, it goes back to Cole Beasley as well, obviously unvaccinated. Uh, had he been symptom free, uh, he would have been able to return. But I guess let's start with there. There's more people on the COVID list, some people coming off. We'll get into that. But let's start with Gabriel Davis first and foremost, Ryan. How does this impact the Bills on Sunday? Well, it impacts them in a huge way. Listen, we, we talked about the importance of the Bills executing in the red zone in this matchup specifically. There's no 40 to 50 mile an hour wind gusts on the horizon like there was a few weeks ago when these two teams played and Davis had the only touchdown for the Bills in that matchup. But he is their, I, I dare say, their best red zone weapon. All six of his touchdowns this season have come in the red zone. Seven touchdowns as a rookie. Uh, so he's that big target. You can use him in a lot of different ways. And and now he's off the field. Listen, this guy had four touchdowns in the last three games. He was 
really kind of coming into his own in this offense. Uh, big yard after catch gain in the previous game coming into this Patriots game, and now he's gone. So you look at the rest of this wide receiver room. You have Stefan Diggs, and you know that the Patriots, their their game plan is to shut down Stefan Diggs. You might have Emmanuel Sanders back, who participated in full on Thursday, and you can talk a little bit more about what you know you saw from him today. Um, and and you obviously have Dawson Knox, and you have other guy Isaiah McKenzie that can step in. So it's not like we're sitting here talking about the 2017 Bills wide receiver room. There's still a lot of talent there, but this is a significant blow. Yeah, all the things that Davis brings. You know, we talked about it on the show on Wednesday. If you watch the Shout Pod over on YouTube or Facebook uh downloaded on apple where this hopefully will be i'm going to try to start putting these these twitter spaces on apple as well uh so go subscribe to the shout football podcast what he brings i think has allowed for this offense to kind of take off a little bit he's so good in the run game he's so physical he adds that kind of big body type of receiver and so when you start to look at who maybe could replace that my first thought is maybe jake kumaro a guy that they really liked, had a really strong preseason training camp. We know how much, you know, Aaron Rodgers has liked him in the past. And, you know, that obviously made a lot of big time news. But I think, you know, I thought with Gabriel Davis in the mix, I, I, I really liked the idea of getting him in the slot to replace Cole Beasley in this game. The more and more I think about it now with Gabriel Davis out, I think Emmanuel Sanders is in a good spot to play this weekend. I think he was full yesterday, which is a good sign. He had a veteran rest day today, so he didn't actually go out there and play. But I think this is the type of situation where you can put Emmanuel Sanders uh, back outside, get Isaiah McKenzie in the slot, and kind of go from there. Yeah, I think that's perfect. And uh, I've seen a lot of Bills fans clamoring maybe for Isaiah Hodgins. He was one of Buffalo's protected players this week on the practice squad that can be elevated and Listen, they can elevate quite a few players this week just between the regular rules and then uh, the amount of players they can elevate for COVID purposes. So he, he could be in play to be active and to start. But, you know, there's still so much unknown there, Matt, when it comes to Isaiah Hodgins. I think that's part of the appeal for some of the fans. They're like, well, you know, it's Hodgins season. You know, I don't think it's Hodgins season just yet. Kumaro's made this roster. He can be someone that can be counted on in certain times for this offense. And I don't think he's going to have a sizable role tomorrow by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that he probably is going to be first in line in terms of maybe that uh, back end of the roster uh, player that could get some targets in this matchup. You know, depending on how this thing goes over the next couple of days, we don't know who else is going to be impacted by this thing. I mean, teams are losing guys every day. So, yeah, to your point, right now as it stands – I think Kumaro kind of, you know, he's a guy that has been playing pretty regularly. I think that they, you know, like they like him. He's a little bit more of a veteran. Uh, so I would probably veer toward him as opposed to Hodgins, to your point. And I think, listen, you know, they're three wide receiver sets. They're still going to have McKenzie. They're still going to have Sanders. Um, I, I think that they like that. But I'm not, I'm not ruling out Hodgins being activated. Uh, being a practice squad call-up and, and having some type of opportunity to play in this game. But I think, you know, Kumaro is just a guy that, you know, this is a game, Ryan. You look at what the Bills are going to try to do on Sunday. And I think one of the things, well, I don't think it's like, you know, uh, go in there and establish the run. Like, you know, I know I know a lot of people like to talk about that old school mentality, you know, having a balanced attack. I'm not buying in any of that. This is not a, a, a running football team but I do think they're going to want to try to run the football a little bit and I think having Kumar out there helps you especially if he can establish I almost wonder if you want to establish him 
as a, a receiver early in this game so that you can kind of disguise what you're trying to do because of how good he is as a blocker in the run game. Yeah, I think that's a great point. When he is usually out there, I think a lot of teams think, okay, there's a run coming. Uh, and, and he's had some wide, wide receiver routes and targets this year, don't get us wrong, but that's what he's he's known for, being a solid blocker. And when it goes back to the run game, you know, I don't want to see 22 carries for Devin Singletary again, despite him having a very nice performance last week. I think that 12 to 15 range is a nice sweet spot for him. You're going to need Josh Allen in this matchup first and foremost. Even with all these players that are out, he's going to have to play a superhuman type game for the Bills to kind of come away with this win. But that's, again, where Kumaro, coming back to him, comes in. You can get him a few targets in that short passing game. Maybe he steps up as that red zone weapon for the team uh, with so much focus probably being on Knox and on Diggs and, uh, and company. So there's a role for him and there's a chance for him to make a play or two in this game. You know, I, know, I saw a lot over the last couple of days, you know, when, or, you know, maybe the last couple of weeks as, as Gabriel Davis was having his breakout, a lot of people like, man, why do the Bills spend so much money going after uh, Emmanuel Sanders? They they should have gone after a lineman or a defensive and uh, a different defensive end. Sure. I, I think they should have definitely addressed the offensive line a little bit more and the defensive line maybe a little bit more effectively. Sure. But I think this is proving the point of why you go after a guy like Emmanuel Sanders, like it or not. And I know a lot of people, this is a divisive issue. You know, Emmanuel Sanders posted, you know, that he got vaccinated back in July, right before the start of camp. So it's something that, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth here, but maybe something he was on the fence about. There's a lot of people that I've talked to in the league that were that were on the fence about getting vaccinated. But it came down to just doing it so that you can be you can have the best chance to be available for your team. And I saw a lot of people saying, like, you know, oh, maybe they should have gone in a different direction. But this is what you go out and sign Emmanuel Sanders for, more so than the vaccination stuff. For having a veteran player in the receiving room that, can, that you know, is used to making plays in December and January. I mean, he's the guy played in a couple Super Bowls, and this is, this is what they like so much about him. So I look to him, Stephon Diggs, to come in here, make plays for this offense on Sunday, even still, even without Gabriel Davis. Listen. I like Gabriel Davis just as much as anybody else. I, I was talking about being a card-carrying uh, member of the Gabriel, Gabriel Davis wide receiver two fan club. But he's still a fourth-round draft pick in his second year, and it took till you know halfway through the season before he really got you know his real big shot. So you go back to the well with Sanders. The bigger issue for me, Ryan, is what the Bills are going to do on this offensive line. I mean, going into this already, before today, you know, it was basically going to be preparing yourself for not having Deion Dawkins and John Feliciano for Sunday. They've not been activated off the COVID list as of yet. I know Bobby Hart only was on there for a few days. I think he was on there for five days. So that gives you maybe some hope to get uh, John Feliciano back in the next two days, maybe be able to plug him in. But neither of those guys, Dawkins or Feliciano, practice it all this week. So now you remove Cody Ford from the mix as well. Talk about what a story for Cody Ford, Ryan. I mean, this guy has been up and down, in and out, uh, in the doghouse. Bills fans wanted him cut. You know, media members criticizing him, me included. And now we're sitting here talking about just the absolute gravity of losing him in this spot and what it can mean for shuffling the deck. I mean, uh, Ryan, at this point, I think the best case scenario, maybe best scenario for the Bills is to somehow put Bobby Hart in at left tackle, Ike at right guards, Mitch Morse at center, move Mitch, uh, Daryl Williams back into right guard, and then Spencer Brown at right tackle, partly because I think you want to shore things up on the interior, and I think Daryl Williams is a better option at guard. 
uh, than what you might have elsewhere. Maybe you entertain putting Ryan Bates out at left tackle or right tackle and keeping Spencer Brown on the left side. But, man, not a lot of great options here as the numbers dwindle once again. Yeah, you know, we, we've talked numerous times about the great depth that this Bills team has, but uh, I don't know how great it really is. And you're right, Cody Ford, he's been kind of the punching bag for a lot of people. And, and I've criticized him just as much as anyone for his play, but he's shown a little bit more consistency as of late. And now that he's out of the equation, you mentioned already that uh, you have Dawkins and you have Feliciano, and we don't know their status for the game, but they didn't practice all week. We know that Feliciano last Sunday was in the ER for a couple of hours, so he was having some kind of uh, reaction to having COVID and that was not agreeable to him. Dawkins has been on this list for some time, man, it's, and it's been radio silence. We haven't heard much about it in terms of how he's doing, where he's at. And we know that late in the summer when he had COVID, uh, he was hospitalized for four days, so you know, this just hits d- people different ways, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated with Dawkins being in that vaccinated camp. Uh, but it's a concern because even if one or both were able to get t- taken off that list, are they in the proper conditioning to come in and play? We don't know that. And, and that's a big question mark for this matchup. So you're right. There's multiple scenarios. Uh, the one that you laid out, there's another scenario where maybe they put Spencer Brown at left tackle over the second consecutive game. Yes, he had his struggles, including multiple holding penalties, uh, but they might feel more confident in him than they do with a uh, Bobby Hart or a Tommy Doyle. The, you know, the, the good thing, if there's anything, is you still have Mitch Morrison. He's established in that position. You still have Daryl Williams. You still have Ike Butker. So there's some players that you know are, are going to be part of this rotation, but the, the options are running thin over who would be an upgrade to help this unit out. You know, uh, we both put in our picks for this game uh, a couple days ago uh, on the Wednesday pod. I picked the Bills to win in a, in a blowout, 34-14. to 14. Um, I, I think checking back in, one of the reasons I wanted to do this, this kind of emergency pod is to maybe check in on both of our picks a little bit and see if we're having any second thoughts. And I'll be honest with you, walk into the practice field today after getting a chance to hear from Sean McDermott and, you know, the sense that I got from his press conferences – you know, there's probably a lot of man. What else? What other? Uh, what other punches are we going to have to you know duck out of the way of over the next couple of days before this this game? I mean, it's been it's been bad news after bad news, and you wonder. You know, he, he mentioned the resiliency of the team, but you wonder if they're able to really kind of pick themselves up in this spot without some really key pieces and be effective. I mean, you're talking about whether you agree with it or not. Deion Dawkins getting voted into, into the Pro Bowl this week. You're going to be without that guy most likely at your left tackle spot, and, and and that's potentially the most dangerous area on the field when you're facing this defense with Matthew Judon and their ability to bring different pressures. You wonder if if, if New England's going to be able to craft some some blitz schemes to really you know uh, take advantage of the, the missing players on the offensive line for the Bills. So with all that said, listen, I'm still willing to go with Josh Allen in the spot. And we, you talked about it a couple of minutes ago when we started this thing. At the end of the day, at any given time on both sides of the ball, he's going to be the best player on the field. And I think you ride with that. And I think that I have enough confidence, even on the road, to where I still think the Bills are going to win. I think that they're going to be able to move the ball. I think they're going to be able to score points. I'm going to change things a little bit. I think, uh, you know, Starla Tulele uh, missed the second straight day uh, because of personal reasons. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, but this is something that, you know, a guy that's been in and out of the lineup, that's a, another storyline to kind of follow as we move towards uh, Sunday. If he can't play, definitely that, that, that's an issue because of the way that the, the Patriots are able to run the football. 
so I think it's going to be a much closer game than I first uh, picked. So I'm going to go with the Bills 24 and the Patriots 21 uh, in my new pick after all this stuff. So there you go. Yeah, we've been working a long time together because I changed. I was going to change mine to 24-20 Bills. So I still had the Bills winning and almost identical to yours. Yeah, You're right. At the end of the day, Josh Allen's going to be the best player on that field. And uh, we saw that they really limited him in terms of being a runner last week. He had that one long scramble that he broke off. But uh, they, they intentionally did not have any kind of design runs against Carolina. Your hope, The hope is that, you know, coming into this week, the foot's even better. You can throw in a few design runs, but when he has to take off and scramble, he can. That's going to be a big factor in this game. Uh, I think even in the wind with that that previous match, but the Bills saw there were some some throws, some plays that they could have and probably should have made to, to leave that game with a win. And I think they're going to come in with that a little bit of anger in terms of how that first matchup went, the Pro Bowl snubs, whatever whatever it is that gets them up for this game. And I still think there's enough talent on both sides of the ball for the Bills to uh, prevail in this matchup. There's still a lot of uncertainty ar- around Mac Jones and and who he is as a cold weather quarterback. I was talking with one of the uh, Patriots beats re- beat reporters this week, and they said, you know, that's one of the interesting storylines is he's in Boston. He's going to be a, a guy that plays in this kind of weather year in year out. But there's very limited results uh, for him. There was that Bills matchup, but he only attempted three passes. There was the Titans game that was still high mid to high 30s, so not cold cold weather just yet. It's going to be a little bit colder on Sunday in this matchup, so we'll see what he can do. I think that he had uh, he had two balls that were intercepted last week against the Colts, but I want to say there's probably four or five that could have been intercepted. So can the Bills be opportunistic? Can they bat some passes? Can they, uh, when a ball bounces off of a receiver's hands, can they be there to intercept? Because he's going to throw the ball more than he did that first matchup, obviously, and I think that benefits the Bills. Uh, from hot to go pizza appetizers, signature fried chicken, baby back ribs and subs to delicious salads and brownie trays, Tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan all throughout the holidays. Uh, Ryan Talbot, here's another question before we get out of here: Who do you think the Bills are going to miss more? Eric Washington, who uh, tested uh, positive for COVID, or Heath Farwell, who also tested positive for COVID? Both of those guys are going to be on the COVID list. Anticipated that they won't will not coach on Sunday. You know, obviously, you know, not either the coordinators or the head coach, but, you know, I think, you know, maybe there could be some something to watch in that department. Who do you think the Bills will miss more there? I'd go firewall in that scenario of the two choices, just because uh, Belichick and, and those teams are so good on special teams in general. Uh, they throw some extra wrinkles in there, sometimes some fake plays. Um, so you always have to kind of be ready for that. I think without firewall, maybe the, the Bills kind of miss something there. Um, you know, obviously I have a lot of confidence in Tyler Bass as a kicker, but just in general, the special teams overall, the return game's been up and down this season. The punting's been very bad all season. Um, so there's, you know, I, I get why some people might go with Washington for that scenario because, you know, what have the Bills special teams unit done? Uh, but I, I think that's a bigger blow just because of the opponent, just because of how sound they are in special teams and, um, maybe not being prepared for some kind of wrinkle that the Patriots could throw on the Bills trying to punt the ball in terms of sending someone in a, in a certain spot that they saw on film. Just something, little things like that. I'm in total agreement with you. Uh, I think missing Heath Farwell, there's a lot more chance because he coordinates all of those special teams units for there to be some issues. And I think that, listen, Matt Smiley's been there a long time. He's the guy that's going to be coaching in his place. But I think with the defensive line, there's such it's it's part of the coordination that Leslie Frazier is already very comfortable with. I think they really like um, 
Jacques Chazaire, who does a really good job, played in this league a long time, very involved with what they do on the defensive line. So, yeah, I think that, you know, looking at those two situations, it's definitely going to be uh, Heath Farwell. I'm going to be paying very close attention. This is not the game where you don't you want to be without your special teams coordinator against the Patriots team that has so many playmakers in that department. Although I will say, we talked about this on our show the other day, you know, a couple bad plays the last couple of weeks on special teams. You know, Gunnar Olszewski with a, a fumble out of bounds last week that didn't cost him. But, you know, if he puts it on the ground, that could cost him. Obviously, the kill Harry play a couple weeks ago against the Bills. So something to watch for sure. Um, Ryan Talbot, uh, Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to everybody out there listening, all of Bill's Mafia that always support the Shout Podcast. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, thanks again, Bills Mafia. Uh, appreciate the support, Matt. Merry Christmas to you as well. Spending the day here in Salamanca with my parents, having our Christmas a day early. So really looking forward to having some good food and having some good times with the family. Uh, if you're hosting a large party, check out Topps' huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no-stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasyfoodball. We will see you on Sunday uh, from... Foxborough. We'll be there to cover this game. Uh, For Ryan Talbot, I'm Matt Perino. Enjoy your holiday, however you celebrate it. Take care, everybody.